Amen. All right, Matthew chapter 7. Let's dive in here. Uh, Sermon on the Mount. I am one week away from finishing, but we've got to finish. It's better to finish a thing than to begin a thing. That's what Scripture tells us, right? What are y'all talking about out there? Matthew chapter 7. Y'all got your Bibles out? Why don't we stand up and let's read this together. You can read along with me. Just get your Bibles. You can read on the screen. Read on your phones. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, will liken him, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Verse 25. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. Verse 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and it was a great and great was its fall. Father, in Jesus' name, let us hear your word today. Let it go into our hearts. Father, I so desire to build a house on a foundation of strength, a foundation of truth, a foundation on the blood of Christ, that when the storms come, I'm not going to fall. This church is not going to fall. The men of our church are not going to fall. The women of this church are not going to fall. Our children of this church are not going to fall because we are going to be built on the rock. Let it happen and let it start today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Have a seat. Why would Jesus give this message right here at the end of his sermon? I think there's a reason. I think it's because he's been giving us the ingredients. He's been giving us the recipe to how to live our life. And now he is saying, now that I've given you the recipe, it's time to walk. It's time to build. It's time to take this word and apply it to your life. He's given us the materials, the provision, the wisdom, and the direction to build. To build your house, to build your marriage, to raise your kids, to walk out your life in victory. Everybody say victory. Victory. Did anybody watch the UT game yesterday? I don't want to get to the goal line and drop the ball. How many of us in our marriage, in our life, in our job with our kids have gotten to the finish line and dropped the ball? We can't drop the ball. It is not Christ's design for you to drop the ball. It's for you to hang on to the ball and to cross that finish line and to have victory. And all the saints in heaven to cheer you on saying, yes, you did it. This is not a new thing to go across the goal line and the crowds cheer. This is scriptural, that there are those up in heaven cheering us on, waiting for us to reach that finish line. And I want to reach that finish line. I do not want to drop the ball and have to have officials up in the booth look to see, did I have a hold of the ball? And find out I didn't. I don't want to be at the finish line and cry out, Lord, Lord, and the Lord say, I don't know you. 
I want to finish that, cross that goal line. And the Lord says, I have been waiting a long time for you. Come on in. I love you and you love me. We're a happy family. <laughs> Touchdown. I don't know if you caught that, but I did a little Barney and I did a little football. <laughs> Covering my bases. But the thing is, it says those that have ears, you have to hear. It's got to sink in. Where has it got to sink in? In your heart. How is your heart? Do you know Scripture tells us how to check the heart if we've got a hard heart or a good heart? Can you get the word and then you go out of here and you forget it? Something's wrong with your heart. If you get out here and you remember the word and you stand on that word and you get through, then you've got a good heart. But we've got to check. Am I, can I not remember what to do? Then I need to work on my heart. I need to plow the field a little bit. I've got a problem. A house is not built overnight. A marriage is not built overnight. Kids are not raised overnight. It requires endurance, perseverance, hard work, determination. But that's not enough. It takes God. It takes your hard work as well as the supernatural move of God. But it takes both. The funny thing is, our part is so little compared to his part. But our part is required. What is your house built on? Is it built on God's foundation? If not, then what foundation? Is it on your education? Is it on how you were raised? Is it on some worldview? Is it based on Survivor? Or the Big Bang Theory? What is it based on? Have you ever really thought about it? Let me ask you, how is that working for you? Your marriage, your job, your finances, raising your kids, your relationships. The Word of God has given us a proven way. A proven way of life that actually works. And Jesus here is telling us to think in terms of building a house when it comes to living and walking out your life as a Christian. So many times, as I said last week, we come to the altar and we give our heart to God. And you know what? At that time, we're passionate, we're on fire, we're ready to go set the world on fire. And we begin building a foundation. But the problem is things fade. Things start to fade a little bit. How many of you have seen it in your marriage? You courted and you dated and everything was great. Then you got married and went on your honeymoon. It was great. Then you came home and it was still great. But all of a sudden, the air started kind of fizzling out of you. It happens. Same thing with walking with Christ. If we don't keep that air, the air pump pumping you up, you're going to fizzle out. The problem is so many of us come and walk an aisle. I walked an aisle at five years old, but how many of us are still at that altar, never have walked forward in the, in the ways of God? You know what you've done? You've started to build a foundation, but you've decided, I'm just going to live in the basement the rest of my life. God doesn't want you to live in the basement. He wants you to build that foundation and get up out of that basement and grow and, and go places and do great things. But you've still got to build the foundation. We've got to have a foundation. But the basement is not the place where you live. God wants you to continue building and growing. 
What kind of building are you building in your marriage, in your work, in your church? What really is your foundation? Now, I want you to know you have one. You have one. You have a foundation. The question is, what is it on? Can you imagine building a house and only spending one hour a week on it? Can you imagine building a house and only spending one hour a month on it? You're not going to get very far, are you? You would have to conclude that either it was not a priority of your life or you're lazy. Right? How long do you think it would take you to build your house? So what kind of building are you building? Is it on Jesus' teaching? Then it's on the rock. If it's on anything other than the, the teaching of God's word, then it is on sand. There is no middle ground. It's either on the rock or it isn't. Now, sand is fun, isn't it? I think I talked about this at one point. Sand is fun to play in. Make sandcastles. But you know it's hard to make sandcastles. You can make them. They don't last long. You leave them overnight, and they're gone. I kind of like playing in the sand, kind of. Sand is fun. You can do kind of fun things, but then you got cats. You better pay attention. But sand gets in your car, gets in your hair, gets in your socks. It'll give you a rash, or worse, you can get worms. Let that one sink in just a little bit. Church, it's fun to play. Everybody say play. Play in the sand. It's fun to play in the sand, but bricks mean business. You get hit by a wad of sand, it's going to probably just aggravate you. You get hit by a brick, and you're going to feel it. There's a difference. Today, Jesus is giving us some building tips, and there's only one way to build your life with rock. It says, therefore, anyone who hears these words, what words? What is he referring to? We're still in, okay, let me, let me backtrack just for a minute. What, are we, what have we been studying for the last year? Sermon on the Mount. Who's doing the teaching? Jesus. So when he says, I want you to pay attention to these words, what words? His words. Everything we've been learning, everything that he's been telling us through the Sermon on the Mount. He says, if everyone who hears these words of mine, but that's not enough. It's not that you don't need to hear them, you do need to hear them. And puts them into practice. If you don't put these words into practice, then they are just words on a page. It is not enough to come in here and hear a sermon. If you are building your life, your family, your relationships on just coming in here and sitting and hearing a sermon, you have missed it. It is hearing these words and putting them into practice. You know, a coach talks to a team, they call timeout, and the coach gives words. And then the team is released to go out and to release those words, to accomplish those words, to fulfill those words that were done. 
you know, if the, if the players don't do it, coaches identify it. They've got coaches everywhere. Can identify which kids aren't doing it. We'll come and encourage them. Hey, I need you to do this. I need you to do this. They finally don't do it. They get cut. They get removed. It's the kids that hear the words and accomplish them. If we will hear the words and put them into practice, then we start building our house on the rock. To be honest with you, you don't even have to think about building the house. The house starts to be built. God starts to build the house. It says in Psalm 127, I'm getting ahead of myself, 127 verse 1, I'm going to have to backtrack, but just hang in there with me. Work. Uh-oh. Wrong. Act like you didn't see that. Therefore, no, that's wrong. It says, I'm just going to tell you, Psalm 127, verse 1, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Who builds the house? The Lord. How does he build, the, how does he build your house? By his word, by you doing his word. Then he builds the house. And you know, if he builds my house, it ain't going down. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. When God says to pray, what do we do? We pray. When God says to avoid sexual immorality, then we remove ourselves from compromising situations. And we don't have sex outside the marriage. We deal with our anger. Do you see what I'm saying? Everything that we have learned over the last year is all the building blocks to how we are to build our house. And do you remember in the Sermon on the Mount, the Lord says, watch out with what kind of materials that you're using to build this house. Back in verse 16 here in chapter 7, Jesus says to watch for wolves in sheep's clothing. He says only a good tree can produce good fruit, and bad tree can produce bad fruit. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, who is influencing you? Because who influences you is helping you build your house. The people that are around you, are they speaking good things into your life or bad? Are they allowing you to believe a lie? Are they causing you to go down the wrong direction? Then that person is helping build a a house that's not on the rock. Who's helping you build? If you were to start a building project right now and you were the one that was in charge of getting all the materials, wouldn't you go down to Lowe's and inspect the wood that you're getting? Have you ever done that? We have done such little woodwork, but I have still, when we have gone to buy wood, we have inspected it, flipped it over, saw where there are knots in it. Was it bowed? Was it messed up at all? Was there anything wrong with it? Was it rotten? Was it broken? What was wrong with it? Yet we allow people to speak into our lives. We allow ourselves to go down certain paths without ever inspecting the wood. Is this good wood? Is this a good direction that I'm going in? And, you know, sometimes you can't tell. You know, the Lord says, okay, ask me. I'll tell you. All you got to do is ask me. You have not because you ask not. So many of you have such big decisions this week. Ask for help. Ask for help. I I counseled a, a, a couple that was struggling in marriage, and we come to find out there was a friend giving bad advice. Now, the friend was a good friend, but the friend was giving bad advice. 
Can I tell you that you will not know that you will not know bad advice unless you know the truth. If you don't know the truth, you'll believe a lie. How many of you have gotten bad advice before? And you thought it was good. It sounded good. It sounded legit until the rubber met the road and it was a lie. The Word of God, the Spirit of God will show you truth. He will lead you and guide you into all truth. If you don't know the truth, you might believe a lie, and that's bad building. And when the storm comes, your house is going down. We need to make sure that the advice that we're being given is biblical. We want to use the right materials, good materials, so that our house doesn't fall. Here's the scripture I just gave you. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builder labors in vain. Have you ever done something that you just wasted your time you worked so hard and spent so much time to only to find out you've gone the wrong way. When you buy a house, it's fun to look on the outside. You look at the yard. You look at the architecture, the bedrooms, the kitchen. But something that you cannot overlook is the foundation, the basement. And that's what today's scripture is all about. Let's go back to it. Anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Five or six years ago, Elizabeth and I sold our house and bought a new house, and we had to have an inspector come out and go over the house. And sure enough, he found some foundational problems. Do you know that that's what Christ is trying to show us through the Sermon on the Mount, is to show you, do you have cracks in your foundation? If you do, they can be fixed. You're, you're not so damaged that, that your house can't be built strongly, no matter what you've come through. And can I just tell you, we all have a past. You're not the only one with a past. You're not the only one that's done stupid things. We all have. Especially me. In my youth, in my childhood, in my adulthood. But that's where grace comes in. That's where God is able to take that crack in my foundation and shore it up. We had to hire somebody to come in and to pull these bricks. It was an amazing thing to see them pull these bricks back together and then put the mortar in and tighten it back up and make it strong again. Make it sellable. Make it have value. You've got cracks in your foundation. Join the crowd. But do you see what Scripture says here? That storms are going to come. But that your house should stand. Your house should stand. The house didn't, doesn't stand because of what's seen. It's because of what's unseen. The foundation. Our salvation is not based on our works, but on our faith. Jesus Christ have you ever thought about building on sand? You can't. You know, in order to build on sand, you've got to dig. And you've got to dig. And you've got to dig until you hit rock. I want to encourage you. You may have to dig a little bit. We make a mess of our lives, don't we? We make a mess. 
And sometimes if we can ever realize, man, I'm building on the wrong thing, then we have to start wading through all the mess we've just made and start digging. And you will eventually hit rock. You will eventually be able to push that sand out of the way and start building again. Start repairing the breach in your wall, the breach in your marriage, the breach in your heart. And we start building on the rock. Matthew 20, I'm going to close right here with this scripture. I think it's the same one. No, it's the next one, 26. But everyone who hears these words of mine and what? Does not. Anybody that hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Here in Tennessee, we have storms every now and then, don't we? We, have, we basically have tornadoes or really bad lightning storms. When there is a tornado coming through Putnam County, coming through Allgood, where do you go? The basement. What happens if you don't have a basement? To the bathroom. You're a sitting duck. If you don't have a foundation... You are a sitting duck just praying for luck. That's what happens when we're not building our house on the rock. We're just praying, God, let me not get hit by this one. I know I haven't been doing your stuff, but just let me buy with this one. We're saying, no, 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 no. Your house will stand if it's built on the rock. Your house will stand if it's built on the rock. You know, we have a basement, and when the storms come, well, we, we sound the alarm and everybody piles down to the basement. And some of our kids, couldn't care less, hits the bed and falls back to sleep. Why? Because it's safe. It's safe. No principality, no power, nothing on this earth can shake you when your feet are planted on the rock. Nothing. Nothing. No government shutdown, no financial crisis, no marital problem. You will stand. If you are not on the rock, you will fall. Your marriage, your finances, your job. We have got to be on the rock. Jesus did not die on the cross so that you would have to live your life based on luck. I hope I get through this one. Jesus says, wait a minute, I paid a great price for you. I paid a great price for you so that you would not live this kind of life. You would live a life of, you know what, there will be storms. But my God says, I have the authority over the storm. My God says, nothing that comes at me will be more than what I can handle that His grace is sufficient for me, and that no temptation is too great that I can't handle. Can you see that Jesus is wrapping things up with His sermon saying, okay, I've given you the tools. Now go build a house. Go build a house. Will you start? Will you start? Have you started? Will you continue? Don't stop at the basement. Build that sucker up. It's not going down. 
It's going to stand. You are going to stand. You may bend, but you won't break. You may bend, but you won't break. You guys stand up with me and let me pray for you. Father, I just ask you to open up our hearts, Lord. Let our hearts be softened some today. If we've come in with a hard heart, that, Lord, by a miracle, that you would just soften our hearts and that we would grab hold of your word. Nothing else is going to stand. Just pray over our marriages, over the men and the women of this church, over the children, that, Lord, we wouldn't try to live a lie try to live under the assumptions of the world, but, Lord, that we would live according to your word and according to your truth. Forgive us for going the wrong directions. Forgive us for putting our faith in the wrong things. And, Lord, help us to establish, establish our walk forward from here on out that we would walk according to your word. We would walk according to your spirit. We just worship you, Lord. We just praise you. For you alone are worthy. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you don't mind, let's be seated again. We're going to take communion together. We're going to renew our covenant this morning. Just ask Brother Bill Olinghouse to come forward.